Hi, Carrie. How is it with your soul? Oh, what a good question. Um, I think I'm in transition. You know, here we are between one year and the next. And how about you? How are things with your soul, your heart? I'm right in that same place. I'm reflecting on transition as we make the big move from 2020 to 2021, and I'm delighted to be doing a podcast today about a real growing edge, that transition itself. So happy new year to you. Happy new year to everyone listening. I'm the... (laughs) (laughs) And I am on many days. I am. (laughs) To the words and habit to us and how we live between the words. Well, Parker, today uh, we're talking about one, one year handing over to the next year. And 2020 has been challenging, basically worldwide. And individually, as communities, there's been a lot of harsh reality this this year. Yeah, it absolutely has been. I think between the coronavirus and the political situation and all kinds of other stuff, people have really been looking in 2020 at the harsh realities that always surround us. And we've, you and I have talked a lot and thought a lot about this notion of the tragic gap, which is where we always stand as human beings. Yeah. Um, between those harsh realities on the one hand and on the other hand, the life as we, as we know it could be because we've seen it with our own eyes. Not, not a wish dream about wouldn't it be nice if, but we've seen human beings do generative, creative, communal, mutually supportive things in the course of our own personal histories. And so we stand in this gap between the hard stuff that is and the good stuff that might be. And the persistent question of life is how to take step by step into that gap, keep standing and acting in that gap as we go forward with our own personal lives, with our own social and political lives. And I think it's important to say this is as much about personal reality as it is about social and political reality, because people have tragic personal gaps, as many people now know in the wake of all this death from COVID-19. And we have tragic political gaps in terms of where we would like to be as a nation and as a world. So here we are, um, handing over from 2020 to 2021, and we're facing big questions about how how to hold all of that together in a creative way. Yeah, and with every breaking down, there's an opportunity. And I I think that's important, too, that we've also seen a lot of really hopeful things happen in 2020. I'm, you know, we we have seen ourselves um, rally to an uncertain situation, be creative in terms of connection. Um, You know, we've, we've done a really um, hopeful things personally, but also we saw, you know, the mobilization of people to come together, you know, for the 2020 election and, you know, bring issues to mind that, that needed to be really out there. So 
and people from all different walks of life and age and 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 race and it just it, it, it there has been some really uh, hopeful things that we can point to as well. Um, we have a we have a quote on our website that's a Parker Palmer quote, and I think I made you put it on because I I love the quote so much. And actually, the first time I read the quote, it's not in any book. It we were creating the show for the democracy book, the Healing the Heart of Democracy book, and we had a, a spoken word and music show, and you were writing your spoken word parts, and you sent it to me, and this line was in it, and I said, okay, highlight that line, write it down, <laughs> and I did. Um, and then the next draft, it was gone. <laughs> and I said, no. <laughs> um, and I don't think you put it back in. But <laughs> Right. Don't but, you force me to put it on our website. <laughs> but we put it on the website. And, and the quote is, hope is holding a creative tension between what is and what could and should be, and each day doing something to narrow the distance between the two. I, I love that, Parker. Hope is holding a creative tension between what is, what should and could be, and each day doing something to narrow the distance. And I, and I, I like it because it doesn't blink what's been difficult this year. It, it, it doesn't kind of candy coat, but actually looks toward could and should be. Um, and is very empowering because we can take daily action to be, to be part of the process, standing in the tragic gap, and bringing those two closer together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. I mean, it's always so helpful when a friend sort of hears you into speech, you know, and says, wait a minute, don't lose that line, don't lose that thought, you know, don't lose your place. That may be more important for you and maybe for some other people than you think. So I'm always grateful for that kind of... Um, blessing, really, from friends and readers and listeners and all like that. Yeah, I, I think that 2020 has been a year when, for all kinds of reasons, a lot of us have just found it hard to get up in the morning and figure out what next steps we want to take in life. Um, our own lives are, you know, pretty small in relation to the vastness of some of the problems that we have faced and continue to face. So much has felt out of our control, right? And that's the, that sense of helplessness is a, a real killer of people's um, will and energy. And, and I think one of the things that's so deeply moving about, about the mobilization of people that you mentioned earlier in this podcast, Carrie, is that the people who are mobilized are, are people who historically have been disenfranchised in this society, yeah. or as Howard Thurman says, the disinherited. Mm -hmm. And they, many of them, uh, you know, come from beautiful human lineages that go back twelve generations, right to the enslavement on which this country's economy and culture was founded. And so to see the disinherited, to see the disenfranchised um, come out this way and say, this, this, this land is our land, and this land is your land, this land is everybody's land, um, and, and recognizing in that that the, one of the original sins of this country was stealing the land from the people who had occupied it so 
lovingly and <clears throat> caringly, the, the Native people. Um, it, you know, to see this has been so heartening. And to, to yeah. somebody like me, uh, a white middle-class male with a lot of white privilege, it's also been very chastening for on those days when I've said, I, I'm not sure I want to get up this morning and I don't know what I can do. Well, if they can do it, I can do it. And I think the next step in that is, is as I said in, in this sentence that you retrieved from my personal trash can, uh, <laughs> to each day doing something to narrow the distance between the what is and, and the what could and, and should be. We, we devalue the small things that we can do every day. We shouldn't devalue those because multiplied by millions, they make a difference. They, they really do. And, you know, I, I am, you know, looking at 2021 as being a blank slate, that it's not written in stone at this point, that we're going to be writing the story of 2021. It's all before us. And I find something really exciting about that, really intriguing. What's going to happen? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but also... Uh, what will be my contribution? And I think I think that's when we go to the tragic gap idea of standing in the tragic gap. You know, it, it brings questions like that. You know, like, you know, what am I going to do to um, to be part of that action that every day br- brings those two closer? You know, what? How will I? You know, live into my life with meaning and purpose. You know, what does that mean, really? And and I think sometimes, because we've been closer in because of COVID and, and our travel and and um, ability to get out limited, you know, I, I believe it's kind of been bringing those questions home in really powerful ways. Mm-hmm. You know, it's we live in a perpetual motion culture. Mm-hmm. We've had to stop. Mm-hmm. And, and we've had to think about, you know, what is... You know what? What? What does community mean? What does connection mean? Right. Right. You know? Exactly. You know, I just had a thought I've never had before, which is always refreshing. Uh, <laughs> it's a sign of life, I guess, and it also often happens on these podcasts and with in conversation with friends and colleagues. And and when you were talking about you know the blank canvas that is twenty twenty one, I thought, well, it it really is a blank canvas in the in the way. That that paper you pull out to write a new song is a blank canvas, or the paper I pull out to write a new essay or a new book is a blank canvas. We talk about these as forms of artistry. It seems to me that there might be something. There should be something called citizen artistry. You know, I like that. How how can we we the people um, paint twenty twenty one or write twenty twenty one or or act out twenty twenty one? In a way that genuinely augurs hope for uh, the next steps in our national and international life, um, you know, how can we do that in service of love, truth, and justice? Um, maybe, maybe with more focused intent than we have had in the past, having having stared down death in a lot of ways uh, during 2020. Certainly, death yes. by COVID-19. I think, you know, death by COVID-19 in the face of its mismanagement 
and also serious, serious threats to our democracy um, yes. from forces yeah. from the far right, which is where our very own intelligence people tell us that the dominant threat is coming from. So th th this is these are very hopeful notions to me about sort of what what palette do I want to use as I go into 2021? What brush do I want to use, you know? Uh, yeah. How can I hold things in the light the way a painter does to get the best possible result? And, you know, think that I, I really like that idea of uh, citizen artistry um, because I think it's going to take some creative thought and creative living. And we've been doing that. And that's that's been affirming for me, too. We've done so many creative things in this past year. You know, you know love finds a way. And connection finds a way. All the people who did really creative things for for the holiday season, you know, mm -hmm. and when they could not be together personally uh, because of the risk that that, you know, would be for the people gathering. Um, but the two creative things create new ritual. Um, yeah, to create new meaningful uh, ways of being in the world. I think we've been doing that. And we've been doing it, um, you know, because we've had to, you know, it's kind of sometimes people call that force function. You know, now we have to do this, so now I have to figure out how. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. But uh, I find that really encouraging, too, that we have come through. Uh, and, um, and it hasn't been easy. And it's, it's been uh, tragic, and it's been scary, and it's been... Um, you know, myself included, grievous. You know, uh, with loss. So, um, and we've we've made it this far. You yeah. know, we've come this far. I think about you know, we just passed the solstice. When this comes out, we will have just passed the winter solstice. We would have passed over that part of the year when the nights are the longest and the days are the shortest. Um, and and now. We are on the other side of that arc, and every day the light gets a little longer, and we can step into it for a little longer. And I, I think it's a great metaphor for where we are right now, that we've come this far, and we've come through a lot of challenges, and it's possible for us to come through with creativity and artistry and thoughtfulness. We're all going to be different. Yeah, on the other side yeah. of this. And here's why your metaphor is uh, powerful to me on, an, on even another level. It's my understanding that once we get past the winter solstice, we get pretty well into January before there's any significant lengthening of the days. There's sort mm -hmm. of a holding steady time where the yeah. darkness reigns until, I don't know, maybe January 10th or something. And then it starts getting, you know, appreciably, visibly lighter, even though incrementally it may be happening during the preceding days. So some of this darkness will come with us. I mean, that's where that metaphor takes me. We, it's true. We, we're going to, we don't transition from 2020 into 2021. The, many of the same forces that have been with us, including COVID-19 and including racism and misogyny and all of the other things that dishonor human beings and that hamper our progress are still going to be, unfortunately, alive and well in this society. Yeah. Um, and so we have to, you know, we have to do our artistry in ways 
that recognize the obstacles and that mm-hmm. recognize that there will be people who want to turn out the lights on hope or on energy. Um, and we have to say, we have to uh, refuse that. We, we have to be nonviolent resistors against all that, conscientious objectors to all of that, in order to keep taking that step after step, standing and acting in the tragic gap. So we're drawn forward by that kind of hope, and at the same time, not blinking the darkness, and that which would drag us back uh, is a very important piece of awareness, I, I think, without, you know, not yielding to it, uh, but, but saying, again, we shall overcome, and energized by the fact that we, we're in the process of doing that even now. And I keep thinking about the word, as you're talking, willingness, to be willing, you know, is such an important thing. In, in in my life, you know, we, we kind of got drug into the pandemic by our heels. Like n- no one said, oh, gosh, I hope we have a pandemic this year. You know, it's that you know, <laughs> that, that didn't happen. Um, so um, and now as we go forward, knowing that we're taking some of the difficulties and what's what's hard about the pandemic and you know, the darkness that we um uh, haven't been experiencing this year in terms of our communities and politics as well. You know, we're we're taking that along, but this sense of I'm not being drugged by my heels through this now. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. there's a willingness to say, okay, right. you know, this is the next step. This is this is how I um, I step into the next year and do what I can each day in my own way in my own life, in my own circumstance, to narrow the distance between. The yeah, two. and a lot of us carry, and I know you you agree with this, it's something we've talked about often, a lot of us who, who haven't been in our lives highly politically engaged and, and who at this point simply and importantly have a renewed sense of how important active citizenship is. Yeah. Not just at election time, but on an ongoing basis. We can we can look to a lot of personal stuff in our past, where we had you know what I what I sometimes think of as personal pandemics, mm. kind of you know lethal things potentially lethal things going on in our own lives, the death of yeah. someone we love, yeah. uh, the loss of a job we valued, um, a disappointment or the little all what they call the little deaths that don't involve the death of someone we love. Um, we can look back on those and say, boy, that knocked me down for a while. But eventually, I found a way to take step by step by step back into the light and emerged eventually, by surprise, really, as a larger person with more capacity in my heart for generosity, for empathy, yeah. you know, for caring for other people and the common good. So... I think there's just a lot of reference points here for folks who are saying, well, how do I go into 2021 with this more hopeful sense? And I I think, you know, I know a lot of people who can look back on their personal lives and draw lessons from, you have a great line, what what has saved us is still here to save us. Um, Yeah. And uh, that's true of every human being I've ever met. 
Yeah, thank you for adding that because, you know, with this idea of hope, it's like, well, how, oh, you know, how can, how can we do that? And how does that, what does that look like for me, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, taking it back to our own personal, um, yeah. you know, experience and circumstance, you know, how many times in our lives did we have to get up and, you know, knock down and get up? Yeah. and. When did we help someone else do that? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and what was that like? Yeah. Um, you know, we have the capacity and we have the stories um, that, you know, we have the stories to look look to and remind us of how we've done it before. Mm-hmm. Though we have a, a poem that yeah. you and I, I... I was just laughing about this, knowing that we'd get there pretty soon <laughs> and thinking... This is so typical of uh, what, you know, some of us think of as creative thinking. Like we're having this serious conversation about moving from the darkness to the light. And so we found a, the perfect Mary Oliver poem to do this with. It's it's about starlings. Of course it's about starlings. Who wouldn't think of that, you know? There's a natu- natural leap. But it really is the perfect poem, I think, that has carried some conversation for you and me. Yeah. Uh, should I go ahead and read it? That'd be great. Starlings in winter. Chunky and noisy, but with stars in their black feathers. They spring from the telephone wire, and instantly, they are acrobats in the freezing wind. And now, in the theater of the air, they swing over buildings. Dipping and rising, they float like one stippled star that opens for a moment fragmented, then closes again. And you watch, and you try, but you simply can't imagine how they do it. With no articulated instruction, no pause, only the silent confirmation that they are this notable thing, this wheel of many parts that can rise and spin over and over again, full of gorgeous life. Ah, world, what lessons you prepare for us even in the leafless winter, even in the ashy city. I am thinking now of grief and of getting past it. I feel my boots trying to leave the ground. I feel my heart pumping hard. I want to think again of dangerous and noble things. I want to be light and frolicsome. I want to be improbably beautiful and afraid of nothing. Mm. As, mm. as though I had wings. Mm. That's beautiful. Ooh, I, I had to exclaim even before the poem was finished. It's so lovely. It swept me up in it. Um, you know, let's. we're going to read it again because it's hard to hear poetry, but we'll put it on our website, right, or with the, with the podcast right. on our website. And I just want people to visualize... Uh, a murmuration, that's what it's called, right? A murmuration of birds. Yes. That, yeah. that, that swirling, um, almost you know, kind of mathematical pattern that a flock makes in the air that so many people have been mesmerized with on YouTube and other places. Just look up murmuration and you'll have a visual of uh, what she's talking about here, Mary Oliver. So a second reading and then some bouncing off this beautiful piece for more conversation. Starlings in winter. Chunky and noisy, 
but with stars in their black feathers, they spring from the telephone wire, and instantly they are acrobats in the freezing wind. And now, in the theater of the air, they swing over buildings, dipping and rising. They float like one stippled star that opens, becomes for a moment fragmented, then closes again. And you watch, and you try, but you simply can't imagine how they do it. With no articulated instruction, no pause, only the silent confirmation that they are this notable thing, this wheel of many parts that can rise and spin over and over again, full of gorgeous life. Oh, world, what lessons you prepare for us, even in the leafless winter, even in the ashy city. I am thinking now of grief and of getting past it. I feel my boots trying to leave the ground. I feel my heart pumping hard. I want to think again of dangerous and noble things. I want to be light and frolicsome. I want to be improbable, beautiful, and afraid of nothing, as though I had wings. There's so much I love about that poem. And let me just start, as we were saying earlier, with what we carry with us. The images here of challenge to this theater of the air, right? This this yeah. frolicsome acrobatics that these birds are doing. The challenges are ones that she names so explicitly, as Mary Oliver tends to do. The freezing wind. It's cold out there. It's even colder yeah. higher up. And that challenges us. Um, the, the the lack of instructions, you know, nobody's written a manual about how to do this, and nobody's written a manual about how to be a good citizen and do the dance of the common good. So, you know, we're 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 inventing it as we go, which is the way these good things happen. And she speaks of, of nature's lessons prepared for us, even in the leafless winter, even in the ashy city. Uh, again, images of d darkness and despair. And I am thinking now of grief and of getting past it, um, yeah. at which point she then launches into this rhapsodic reflection on how she'd like to be thinking of dangerous and noble things, light and frolicsome and so forth. So she names the obstacles here, which one must do in order to achieve what these beautiful birds collectively achieve. I love that piece of the poem. I do too. There's so much about this poem that I, I love and I find just so, um, you know, right for the beginning of the year. Um, yeah, that wonderment. If you've ever seen a murmuration happening, it is truly awe-inspiring. And that that feeling of how do they do that? All these disparate birds. And sometimes they kind of get amorphous for a little while, and then they come back, and there's this beautiful shape. And, and it's just an amazing thing to see. Um, I, and I, some of the lines you pulled out really struck me, too, that even now in the leafless winter, even now in the ashy city, even now in COVID, you know, even now, after all, you know, we've experienced and all we've lost, even now, 
you know, and I, I, I love that. And I really loved, I feel my boots trying to leave the ground. <laughs> that, that moment where, okay, I'm still slogging in the mud, but in my boots, <laughs> I can feel this lightness, you know, that I'm, I'm just about to jump up in the air and join those birds. You know? Yeah, I love that. It's like these are heavy you know, boots, but there's happy feet inside them. There's, yeah, <laughs> and this, this, this moment of, of both, you know. It's not springtime. She's not barefoot in the grass, you know. Yeah. And, and it's, but, and then to say, I want to think again of dangerous and noble things. Yeah. And the confirmation that they are this noble, notable thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just so much in this poem. I, thinking of dangerous and noble things, I want to risk believing that we could go into the next year taking what we know and, and coming out on the other side with some wisdom and hopefully some change that has come from that wisdom. Absolutely. I want to, yeah. like Mary Oliver, I feel it in my boots. Yeah. And that's a dangerous thought, you know, because it's really easy to be cynical about it. Man, things are bad. They're, I mean, it's easy to it's easy to to be discouraged. It's also easy to be cynical. It's easy to be um, and understandable to be down about a lot of stuff. But I love that she said, "I want to take the risk." Yeah, yeah, the risky I do. Yeah, business I of hope. It's beautiful. And I will own for myself, Carrie, something that I've heard a lot of people talk about. This is an issue for me about, you know, transcending the heavy boots and mm-hmm. uh, fulfilling the urge to, to dance and fly. The phrase that people use is, going into 2021, I want to stop allowing certain persons who shall go unnamed and certain events that will go unnamed I want to stop allowing them to occupy so much real estate in my mind. Yep. And I think this is really important to clear out that space for flying and dancing together to do to to do the choreography of the common life, another form of the artistry of citizenship. Um, you know, to to focus on better things than that which has rented huge towering buildings in the cities of our minds Um, and that we've somehow allowed to stay there those they need to be evicted and those buildings need to be raised because we have an opportunity here for a new day and we have a lot of good people who have stepped up as citizens and in positions of leadership to help us find our way into that new day. I'm not talking about particular policies here. I'm not talking about this or that form of politics. I'm just talking about hope for all kinds of suffering life on every level, from the planet to the disinherited, the disenfranchised, even to the oppressors. Uh, as new life for the oppressors, as Martin Luther King Jr. used to remind us powerfully and rightly. uh, Liberating the oppressed is also liberation for the oppressors. We we then stop carrying around that burden of, of submerged guilt 
and and powerlessness, helplessness in the face of obvious injustice. So there's a common cause here that many of us can share, and I want to keep my eye on that possibility. I don't ever want for a moment to blink what I know to be facts. I don't want to pretend to have a conversation with someone who says something that's just an outright untruth. I'm, I'm yeah. going to, I intend and have done, found ways to challenge that, not not in a threatening, you know, kind of way, but in a, in a way of saying, well, let's look into that together and yeah. see if we can if we can be transparent about our sources, if we can have a good conversation about your version of facts and my version of facts, we can get well beyond this fake news nonsense and actually have a citizen conversation. We can do the choreography of the common good. It, it'll be slow, yeah. it may be painful, but there is a way to do it. And I, you know, going back to the the, the real estate thought, which really struck home for me, isn't it nice to, uh, it was like, okay, as a musician who's done performance, there's something that happens called feedback. And sometimes you've heard it and it goes, it makes this loud noise and everybody kind of like squinches for a while. And um, uh, there's something that can happen in a show that's kind of high-end feedback and they can't get a handle on it. And you start the show anyways because they can't get the sound right. And most people don't really know what's going on. All they know is that when they leave, they feel like their shoulders, you know, are attached to their ears. You know, <laughs> that, that, that something that just felt really awful, you know, because this noise, this kind of high-end um, noise was going on all the time, you know, making it, making it hard. That's hard for musicians because you, people will often leave thinking it's you. <laughs> it's like, oh, I feel all squinched up in my shoulders. It must have been her. Um, but uh, when it stops, when it stops, there's this sigh, I didn't, you know, I didn't even know how much it was making the muscles in my neck and my shoulders, you know, tighten up. And right now, leading into the last election, um, the real estate, the the real estate and the noise of it has been um, extreme. And I think extreme for most of us. And um, maybe it needed to be. But at the same time, Right now, I'm really enjoying a little space for other things, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. other things. And I and um, and in that space, you know, really great things can come into it. You know, that idea of what will we each do, and all the questions that we need to ask one another, and creativity. It's like there's room for it now. Yeah, and. Yeah. Uh, I'm really appreciating the space. Yeah, me too. A couple of de- <laughs> you're making me laugh because a couple of decades ago I was living in a duplex, and I had very noisy neighbors on the other side of the wall, and they were yeah. just a constant vexation. And I was in search, you know, of all kinds of mental health measures to just maintain my sanity and somehow maintain civility toward them. Well, they finally moved out, and. 
I confess that what I did on the one night where I had no neighbors at all was to throw a very loud party to celebrate their, <laughs> their, their leaving. <laughs> so I reserve that right, <laughs> but yeah. only when there's no one next door, you know. Yeah. So, well. yeah, I think absolutely we need to clear that space. And again, I'm talking to myself, you know, memo to self, Parker, you know, remember not to rent any more space in your head or lease any more land to those kinds of neighbors. Yeah, yeah. Well, we had talked, since we were calling the, the title of the podcast is The Handing Over Time, because I have a song called The Handing Over Time, and we felt it would be uh, a nice piece of music to add with the poem. Um, it's a song that I that's co-written with Gary Walters, a wonderful pianist and um, composer that you and I have both worked with for many years. Um, and at the end of every podcast, you hear him playing uh, his piano. So um, so I think I'll just do the song. It's yeah. called The Handing Over Time. Let me pull my guitar up here. Yeah, I love this song very much. And Gary, of course, is a purely wonderful human being and a really brilliant musician. So it's always great to hear something that the two of you have created together. Here we go. The, the handing over time. The creek bed dries and then it fills. The shadows lengthen as shadows will. The first wild roses go to seed The summer birds, they take their leave As the light goes golden Golden Here we are, here I am Here we stand in the handing over time All that shines, all that rust in the light and borrowed dust It all comes round and round again Clouds of leaves drift away The fields are filled with wheels of hay The elephants fade to gray At least the ones who choose to stay As the light goes golden Golden Here we are, here I am Here we stand in the handing over time All that shines, all that rust In the light and borrowed dust It all comes round and round again Something fine and true and deep Happened when I was asleep Something here Right in my palm It was here And then it's gone 
The creek bed dries and then it fills The shadows lengthen as shadows will As the light goes golden Golden Here we are, here I am Here we stand In the handing over time All that shines, all that rust in the light and borrowed dust It all comes round and round again Thank you, Carrie. It was just beautiful. And thank you, Gary, as well. I love that song, and it's a perfect fit for this podcast. Well, we are coming to the close of our podcast, and um, I just, I guess I would like to ask you, um, the poem that we read earlier, that line about the boots, um, that she could feel it in her boots, trying to leave the ground. So, So for you, as we move into this new year, you know, what are some of the things or practices that, that you're thinking of that really support your, your boots wanting to leave the ground? <laughs> right. Well, um, gosh, there's so much. You know, one thing, now as I sit in the closing moments of this wonderful conversation, wonderful for me, um, I want to keep having conversations like this with you, with other friends and colleagues uh, that are that are honest about, you know, my own, the way I get in my own way on some of these things and hopeful about the way forward so that I can keep standing and acting in that tragic gap, which doesn't go away when we move into a new year. We Human beings take it with them wherever they go. So that's one thing. I want to reach out <clears throat> actively to people, to anyone who is within reach, who disagrees with me on politics. Sadly, mm. I, I can't include everyone in that. I can't include Proud Boys. I can't include right-wing uh, armed militias. Uh, I can't yeah. include flat-out racists and misogynists. I just can't. We don't have anything to talk about. But those those people are a relatively small percentage, as noisy as they can get sometimes. And that leaves a lot of folks who are within reach of a conversation. I want to have those conversations. But as I said earlier, I want to be, I want to have a covenant with other people about what we do when we reach a point of simple factual disagreement. Because, you know, a conversation about cosmology is not possible if you're talking to someone who really believes that the earth is stacked on the back of reptiles um, and, and wants to stick with that, you know, at all costs. Mm. Can't, can't do that. That's not a conversation. The, that's more like trying to do therapy. <laughs> uh, and it, it's unlikely to work. 
Um, so I, I really want to stretch and grow. I want to try to see things from another person's, from other people's points of view, because I know mine is very limited. But I don't want to mess with the difference between a fact and a non-fact. I don't want to engage in any more arguments about fake news. There's actually a way to check what's fake and what isn't. And mm -hmm. I want to have that covenant with other people going forward. It's, you know, it's a, it's a concept of civility that I think the word itself kind of uh, allows us to escape from because civility sounds like watching our tongues and being nice, but that's not going to do the trick. Um, yeah. We do need to watch our tongues. We need to speak civilly to one another without insult. But um, we, there's some things we can't blink, and we must yeah. face into those things as hard as they may be. I, you know, I also want to continue, uh, as you know, part of my practice, to take lessons from the natural world. Yeah. Um, which is always a place of solace and encouragement for me, because that, you know, as with Mary Oliver's reference to the murmuration, it's in the natural world that I see, um, uh, I, I, that I see an embodiment of how life really is and, and how it can and should be, uh, of what's on the yeah. other side of the tragic gap this intricate interdependence of the natural world, these ecosystems, yeah. where the parts are quite disparate, but they can't get along without one another. Um, mm. Or if one dies, the rest begins to die. And, and I really want to you know, uh, incarnate those lessons. And the only way I know how to do it is not reading about it, but getting out into it even in what looks like it will be a hard Wisconsin winter. It's, I think like it was 27 here this morning. And it, you yeah. know, it doesn't make me want to rush right out and have a brisk <laughs> walk. But I need to do that, uh, garbed appropriately, and seeing and hearing and feeling and breathing what I can. So those are some of the things that I want to do going forward to give my boots some lift in the year ahead. Yeah, that I mean, those those are wonderful things, Parker. You always inspire me. You know, I you always you always inspire me. Um, and I I want to continue conversations like this too with you, uh, with friends and um, and. Uh, other people, the guests we bring on. Um, I, I want to continue these kinds of conversations because I think they're really important and meaningful. And to continue these conversations with humility and with honesty. Um, and I think that's something I've really loved having uh, it, this podcast, these conversations with you and every guest we've had on, that people have approached it with such sincerity. Um, which is so powerful. Uh, Howard Thurman called it uh, devastating sincerity. <laughs> that just being honest and sincere is really powerful. Um, so, and, and I, I think for me, uh, remaining creative, doing creative things, um, I've been painting and do a little, I do a little small sculpture and uh, continuing to write and poetry. I, I think staying creative um, to remember beauty, 
to seek out beauty. Um, we keep quoting Mary Oliver, but she says beauty is important because it makes us want to feel worthy of it. And that time in the natural world, you know, to make my dogs really happy because I take them on a walk every day. You know, it's like there's nothing more happy than, you know, putting on my boots. You know, it's like, oh, she's putting her boots on. And then the world is amazing. Um, you know, and, and the light. You know, I want to keep paying attention to the things that lighten and soften my life. Because, you know, I'm a poet. I, I, can, I can go deep and dark. Uh, with no problem, <laughs> but um, to keep to keep paying attention for what lightens and softens my life, um, hmm. yeah, to keep to keep grateful. Yeah, there's there's so much that those kinds of things um, that that would put some lift in my boots yeah, this year. Absolutely, who'd have thunk that that's all part of citizenship? But it is a good yeah. citizenship of good partnership, of just living well. So power yeah. to you, and thank you yeah. for helping to empower me. May we both have lift in our boots, and may everyone who's listening to the podcast today feel some lift in their boots too today. Preach it, sister. You've been listening to The Growing Edge with Carrie Newcomer and Parker Palmer. Thank you for joining us today, and I hope you'll check out our next episode. And don't forget to visit our website, newcomerpalmer.com, newcomerpalmer.com, so you can join in the conversation, too. And now we have a favor to ask. If you like today's show, rate us and leave a review on iTunes. It's the best way to help us reach new audiences and to bring more voices into this conversation. All the music you heard on today's show was written by our own Carrie Newcomer. And much gratitude to Gary Walters for performing the song, The Clean Edge of Change. And wild appreciation to Alison Quantz for creative envisioning, direction, and production, and because she puts lift in your boots. Mm-hmm.